here we go. Matthew 1, 18 to 21. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, I'm going to just stop there. And first thing I want to tell you is this is the final message in this series about men after God's own heart. It was designed to end on Father's Day, just like the series about women of God that we did. And um, we're talking about Joseph and Nazareth. You know, we're talking about Jesus' earthly father, his stepdad, and that's Joseph is the one I call the best stepdad ever. Um, this isn't a message about fatherhood exactly. It's definitely a message about manhood. And it's a message that doesn't so much focus on the historicity of Joseph. It is more about his character. So there are things you may or may not know about Joseph or think you know about Joseph. I'm not going to affirm or any deny any of that right now because all I can tell you is if you were in the Sunday school class, I just, on the lesson notes for the Sunday school class, I just found every passage in the scripture that refers to Joseph and I gave you a chance to look them up. So if you get the notes that are on the Knowing God with Heart and Mind Facebook page or group, if you get the email that I sent you this morning at about eight or nine o'clock with the notes in it, you'll have those references. But the fact is, is we don't know that much about Joseph, but there's an awful lot that you can conclude about Joseph. And this is what I wanted to address today on Father's Day. We've met some people who are really radically gifted and radically flawed in this study of men after God's own heart. Uh, my personal favorite for the most radically gifted and radically flawed is King David. Then I've got people like Abraham, who was pretty good most of the time, but made a few mistakes. Daniel, who never had a bad thing said about him, and now here's Joseph. And Joseph doesn't have anything bad said about him, and he doesn't even have that much to say said about him. And, and I wonder sometimes, have you ever thought that sometimes less is more? The, the fact that not much is said about Joseph is because if you don't accept the fact that he must have been a pretty righteous guy because God chose him to father that child on earth. While God is the heavenly father and Jesus is therefore the heavenly son, Joseph is still the one who is charged with protecting them, his little family, and teaching them how to be human beings. Like he's, he's held accountable, according to Jewish tradition, for Jesus' education. He's accountable to 
their traditions and their culture to provide him with religious education, practical education, a way to make a living, uh, a staking him for life so that he can begin his own life. Uh, and he, Joseph, probably danced with Jesus at his bar mitzvah while the women, the women stood off to the side. Now, if you went to Israel, you saw how the women don't get to go where the men are, and so they have to watch from a distance. So, so who was dancing with Jesus when he was celebrating that he was a man of God now? Joseph. Scripture tells us when Jesus was in danger, Joseph got a warning, and he took them to safety. Scripture tells us that when Jesus was lost, Joseph was part of the activity. And there's risk involved with that, by the way, because the story suggests that they had to leave the group they were traveling with to go back and find Jesus, which meant that their trip back was either with a totally different group or perhaps a more risky journey without their group of family and, and neighbors. All this to say, I think that we can conclude that Joseph was brave. We can conclude that Joseph was a person of exceptional character. Character is a word that we typically use to describe good qualities, but definitions would say that a character quality is neither good nor bad unless you make it that way. So all that to say that when I say he's a person of exceptional character, I have to really qualify and say he's a person of exceptionally good character. And what's so remarkable about him is that he accepts circumstances that most of us would probably find intolerable. I mean, you have to admit that right off the bat, right? What is the most widely known thing about Joseph among most church-going Christians who, if they only go once a year on Christmas Eve, they know this, right? Joseph found out that his fiance was pregnant and he wasn't the father. And he decided to deal with it in a way that would not shame her or bring harm to her. And believe me, he had justification and would have been accepted by his community for doing much worse. So the first thing you know is, is this is a good guy. This is a good guy by human standards. But I think there's more going on with Joseph and I can't help talking about Joseph's story without talking about Mary's story because they're so tightly intertwined. Mary was our featured mom or woman on Mother's Day, and so again, probably because Courtney helped me figure it out, we actually had this rational, logical procedure that led to Mary on Mother's Day and Joseph on Father's Day. Go figure. Well, the quality that both those people had was they were attentive to the movement of God's Spirit. Remember how I was talking about Abraham several weeks ago and I said, you know, I, I often visualize a bank of telephone booths or, or pay telephones in, a, in an airport or, or like train station or something in a big city and one of them is just ringing and ringing and all these busy people are just ignoring it and then Abraham says, I wonder who's on the phone. He picks it up and it's God and he says, hey, I'm glad you picked up the phone. I got something for you to do. You know, it, it's, it's not that I'm trying to belittle Abraham. I'm trying to say that it was his attentiveness to the spirit that made him the one, you know, because the question is, like, why Joseph? Why Mary? Why Abraham? Why did these people get chosen by God to do what God did through them. And my answer that I've decided for myself is, is that it isn't exactly that God chose them because perhaps God has chosen many people. Maybe God's put a calling on you right now. 
And the only reason you haven't heard the phone ringing is because you're not dialed in to the Spirit. You know, Joseph and Mary were tuned in. It didn't surprise them to have an encounter with an angel. It didn't surprise them when the angel said, I've got something really absurd to tell you, and I'm, the Lord really wants you to say yes. Come on, think about that for a minute. What kind of people would hear those kinds of things in their private moments or in their mind, in their dreams or whatever, and then respond so faithfully? God's got something really great for you to say yes to, and oh, by the way, it doesn't make a lick of sense to anybody else in the world. Are you in? <laughs> Think about that. And what's really cool about Mary and Joseph is God picked them as a couple. I mean, like, what happens if Mary's on board but Joseph is not? You know, God picked a couple. And so married men and women, I know this is about Father's Day sort of, but it's also a recognition that fatherhood at its best is a partnership between a man and a woman who become a couple. And unfortunately, those kinds of things are broken at times, and we have issues that, that will, you know, definitely have to be uh, attended to. And I would just remember what I was saying during prayer time about the body of Christ. You know, there are people who... Paul says are unequally yoked and so there's brokenness sometimes because there's a Christian pulling on this side of the yoke and a non-Christian pulling on this side of the yoke and that can lead to sometimes irreparable damage but I digress. Joseph and Mary were a couple who individually and together were open to the work of the Holy Spirit. They were open to the voice of God. And so when they heard the voice of God, it didn't surprise them. Is there anybody here who wouldn't be a little surprised if you, like, you know, walked down to your laundry room and were, you know, putting a new load in or something, and all of a sudden you hear this, hey, this is God. I have a word for you. You know, I mean, come on, you know. Then you have a decision to make in that moment. You've got to decide, is this for real? And if it is, what am I going to do about it? Don't think Joseph and Mary. They may have been steeped in a culture that was a little more receptive to that kind of thing, and that helps, right? That's kind of what church is about. We're trying to create a culture of Christianity here. We're trying to create a body of belief and shared journey, you know, around truth, of course. But, but it's like one of the things a church has to do is to cultivate a culture where its members aren't surprised by the movement of the Holy Spirit, where it doesn't surprise us when the Spirit does something. And that is why we need to look at people like Joseph and Mary, because they're people who show us what God can do if we're listening and willing to say yes to things that don't make sense. And, and listen, in your life, there are things that don't make sense, I know. And some of them are deeply frustrating and, and, and incalculable in their scope, like we talked about with our national problems. And some of them are frustrating, and they're right in front of your face. Like, you know, why can't I just go to church without having to get my temperature taken and put a mask on and, and wash my hands? And why do we have an expensive machine that cleans all the furniture and everything? And why do I have to park here and not there? And, and, and you know what? God is asking all of us every day to say yes to things that don't make sense. 
And I'm not trying to tell you that I want you to say yes to the decisions that I'm making as your leader of this church business of ours, you know. It's not that what I'm saying is, is that I can't know for sure, but I have a hunch that even sometimes God is saying through me or one of our other leaders in the staff people in the church or, or even amongst your, your friends and family in the church, maybe at any moment God is speaking through the voice you hear and asking you if you're listening and if you're willing to say yes to something that doesn't make any sense. Joseph, first of all, he has to kind of like scratch his head and say, okay, so you're telling me Mary said yes to this? <laughs> right? You know, that'd be the first thing that I'd say if I were Joe. I'd say like, are you kidding me? She said, sure, I'll risk being pregnant and tell everybody it's by the Holy Spirit and they'll all think I'm crazy. I'll risk being stoned and put out like a, like, like a damaged goods. I mean, you know, Joseph's like, okay, maybe she is crazy, but I got to give her props for being that bold and brave, you know. And then he gets his message and he goes, all right, okay. You know, I mean, Joseph is, is on board with God's plan and that is one thing that many of us can't really say if we're honest. And I don't think we're all 100% on board 100% of the time, and I'm not suggesting that. That it, you know, I don't want you to think that I'm promoting the idea that you're either all in or you're not, because the fact is, is we're radically gifted and radically flawed too. And sometimes when the Holy Spirit really gets a hold of us, it can be a little overwhelming, and, and all of a sudden our lives really don't feel like they're our own anymore. And, and so by nature, we just have this tendency to go, okay, God, I need a break, you know, and then you just sort of like sin a little or, or you just withdraw, right? You know, and, and so Joseph was probably like that too. But what's so amazing is, is when the critical moment came, when the only answer that would please God was yes, and the only response was faith, Joseph said yes, and he responded in faith. And all of his character qualities came into play. I have noticed throughout my ministry career that everything on my resume, and trust me, my resume is an experience. You should check it out someday. I have done so many things and been so many things, and I just can't get over how every aspect of my life plays into my role as pastor of a church. It seems like God was designing my resume all that time I thought I was and putting me here for such a time as this. And I'm not boasting in that. My point is, is that, that if there's one thing I can say about me that I have in common with Joseph is at the right moment I said yes to something that didn't make any sense at all. My father, my brothers, boy were they waging war against me when I told them that I was going into ministry and that I was, you know, five kids Two is spina bifida, Ruthie is a, an infant so small I can hold her in the palm of my hand and I'm leaving a real job to go live in a parsonage and pastor a church and they're thinking I was nuts. And upon reflection, I was. Only because it didn't make any sense to me either and I wrestled with whether they were right or not. But I stayed tuned in to the Spirit. 
I listen to the Spirit. And to my brothers and my father's credit, that's not an issue anymore. They, they, that was a non-issue long ago. It's just that in the beginning, it looked like I was acting irrationally and foolishly, and they were trying in love to help me find a better way. And I just had to go out in faith. So this is what I wish to say about Joseph. He said yes at the critical moment and all of his good qualities came into play. And we should be the same way. Number one, we should be dialed in as best we can. Doreen was explaining to me why our FM transmitter is not really as successful in the way that we'd hoped it would be. And, and the reason is it's because there are too many stronger signals around here that are interfering with the signal we're trying to send out with our little low power transmitter. And so no matter how hard we try, we can't get on the right frequency to get you a completely clean, untainted transmission of the FM signal because the equipment we have is inadequate. And it's like, nevertheless, if you try, you know, this is one radio station in town I really like. They play oldies all the time. I have the darndest time finding that on my radio dial. I mean, you know, like I got this radio in my, my workshop right now that I had given my dad 40 years ago as a gift with the first paycheck I ever got were from a full-time job. And, and he just loved it because the first thing I did with my first paycheck was buy my dad a present. And so he was always boasting about that. And so when I was cleaning out his, his workshop, there was that radio. So I took it to my workshop and set it up in my workshop. And I stood there for a half an hour, turned that dial, like just micro moves to try to get it zeroed in on that station I really wanted to listen to. And I finally gave up and it's tuned to wits. <laughs> Which is like the most powerful signal around here, right? And, and it's, it's like, well, that's okay. At least I'll know what's going on in Jasper. But I really wanted to listen to the oldies. My point is, is that I was determined to tune in to what I wanted to hear. And I think that's what Joseph and all of these men after God's own heart had going for them. They were determined to tune in to the signal God was operating on. And that's what made them men after God's own heart. Not necessarily the dumb things they did when they weren't paying attention to what God had to say. So that's quality number one. Quality number two is, is believe it or not, God can use everything about you to accomplish God's will. And that's probably why God called you in the first place. You know? Um, there's a lot of debate we could have about the nature of predestination and, 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 you know, whether God orchestrates everything about our lives. You know, we can talk about all of that someday when you want to get really theoretical. But the bottom line is either because I did all these things on my resume because I wanted to or because God said, yeah, Dan, go ahead and do that. I think we can use that in the future. I don't know the answer to that question. But what I do know is, is that everything about me fits in nicely into the role that God has called me to, and that shouldn't surprise me, and it shouldn't surprise you. God has called you to something, and he's equipped you to do it, which means that saying yes to God, even though it might not be a moment when it feels like it makes any sense at all, is still a good idea because he's already equipped you to do it. So the first thing you have to, the third thing you have to have is the faith to say yes to something that doesn't make any sense at all. So first thing is, 
dial up the spirit and try to stay tuned into the spirit. Second thing is, is understand that you are beautifully and wonderfully made for whatever God has called you to be. And the third thing is, is he's probably going to start by asking you to do something absurd. It doesn't make any sense at all. Just trust me on that one. Trust your Bible. And we laud people like Joseph to this day because of their courage to do what didn't make any sense at all. Not that we're looking for the same recognition as Joseph got. We, you know, he didn't want churches named after him or anything. I guarantee you that. And the reason I can say that with confidence is because that wouldn't have been the kind of guy that God would have picked to give his son the earthly training that he needed. You know? But after reflection, we look at him and go, yeah, let's point to him as an example of something that we should all strive for. But let's strive more for his character traits that made him a man after God's own heart. We're going to finish this series today with this message, and then we're going to start down another road that I think you'll find interesting. I'm excited about it. And it will fit into what we're talking about today, but it will be more broad in scope because we're going to talk in the next several weeks about being people of God on a journey in the wilderness with a promise out there somewhere that we don't know when we get to enter. Does that sound a little bit like where we are right now? So that's what we'll be doing when we move ahead from here. For now, I'd like to pray. Almighty God, thank you for your word. Now burn upon your hearts only the truth that comes from your spirit. And Lord, please help us to be like Joseph. For everyone here who's convicted by this word, I pray that there would be the courage to, to listen for your voice and to be willing to do the thing that doesn't make any sense, whatever it is. And Lord, only you know when that moment will come in their lives, but when it comes in their lives, would you just flick their earlobe or pat them on the back and say, here's your moment, because only you, Lord, know what that needs to look like. Most of all, Lord, I pray that you give us the grace and peace of your Holy Spirit to treat each other with love and mercy and to recognize that dialing into your frequency first comes with getting our antenna off of ourselves. We pray about this and all things for the glory of Christ our King. Amen.